This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Lovely Rita, meet a maid. Nothing can come between us. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away. Standing by a parking meter. When I caught a glimpse of Rita, filling in the tank. Well, it was a stunning day on Capitol Hill. And all I have to say is, wow, wow, wow. We see those two IRS whistleblowers coming full face, full identity, saying they have everything to lose by coming forward. And yet they courageously testify on Capitol Hill. And they, I thought, were incredibly credible. Um, I can also say I thought it was riveting. When I was watching the whistleblowers, I found them to be believable. I found them to be thorough. I found them to be very professional, very experienced. Uh, and they were steadfast. I mean, one of them said, listen, I'm a Democrat, but I'm coming forward because I'm an American. And I just felt it was the right thing to do. And I thought it was extraordinarily powerful looking in their eyes and seeing them recount in great detail what they experienced firsthand and how this was an anomaly. This was not the normal course of business and how Hunter Biden clearly got special treatment from everything that they saw. And they made it an extremely compelling case. These are experienced guys. It wasn't some Johnny come lately, some guy they just pulled off the street. And you could even hear the Democrats kind of kept going at them. And they're like, actually, that's not correct. Here's what we saw. And they made it very clear that they didn't want to get involved, that they don't care about politics. They just care about the truth. And I thought. The testimony with these two whistleblowers was absolutely damning, not just to Hunter Biden and the Biden family, but absolutely damning to the Department of Justice and to the Attorney General Merrick Garland. After watching them, I have no doubt in my mind, somebody is lying. And we need to get other people under oath to find out what they know, what the documents show, because, boy, There is something really rotten in Denmark. There are some really missed opportunities here that clearly were missed intentionally, according to these whistleblowers. They say they were stonewalled, that people were meddling, that they've never seen this kind of thing happen in any cases before, that they were ready to go with felony charges against Hunter Biden, and basically everybody signed off on it, and then suddenly... It was like, sorry, we're not going to do it. And it just kind of expired. And then the next thing they know, 
statute of limitations expired on other things. And the next thing they know, there's a sweetheart plea deal. It was riveting. It was stunning. And boy, were they believable. And all I've got to say is we have to hurry up and get the Attorney General of the United States, Merrick Garland, under oath. Also, we need to get the U.S. Attorney from Delaware, David Weiss, under oath, because someone is not telling the truth. These guys were extraordinarily sharp. They were on their game, and they were extraordinarily credible. You hear the backgrounds of them. One of the guys has done investigations in all different parts of the world. And another one was the guy directly assigned to the Hunter Biden case. So they knew what they were talking about. And you could tell they knew what they were talking about because the Democrats who were trying to counter them, all they could do was talk about Trump, 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 Trump. They weren't there to talk about Trump. They were there to talk about what they saw in the Hunter Biden probe. And to me, when you start going on all these tangents, it's a sure sign that you know that you can't go to the root of the issue because it may not be pretty. What are your thoughts, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. First off, you got to hear this exchange. This is with James Comer, who's head of one of the committees, of course, the House Oversight Committee. And he was asking Joe Ziegler, this is the guy who was whistleblower number X, who we didn't even know his identity. And he decided to say, I am coming full forward because I have to tell the truth. He is a 13-year retired IRS agent. And this is the guy who was directly involved in the Hunter Biden probe. And listen to the stunning amount of numbers, the amount of money that the Hunter Biden clan, basically the group, the family, took in. How much money did Hunter Biden and his associates receive from the Romanian company you identified? So that amount would be uh, from Romania. So the approximate total transfers from the Romania company would have been $3.1 million to everyone. $3.1 million. How much did Hunter Biden and his business associates receive from State Energy HK Limited through the Robinson Walker LLC? So total transfers from State Energy HK to Rob Walker was $3 million. $3 million. Was there a $100,000 payment from CEFC Infrastructure to Owasco PC, Hunter Biden's Professional corporation? Uh, yes, Chairman. Approximately how much was transferred to Hunter Biden and his business associates through Hudson West 3? So the total transfers from Hudson West 3 to everyone was $3.7 million. $3.7 million. How much money did Hunter Biden and his business associates receive from the Ukrainian company Burisma? Uh, Burisma paid to everyone involved $6.5 million. $6.5 million. Burisma also paid Blue Star Strategies and a law firm hundreds of thousands of dollars, bringing the total Burisma payments to over $7 million. Is, is that correct? That is correct. $7.3 million. $7.3 million. Between 2014 and 2019, this brings the total amount of foreign income streams received to approximately $17 million, correct? That is correct. What was the purpose of analyzing money from foreign sources, and do you have documents to support your findings? Uh, so for the, the purpose of documenting the foreign sources is we, as a part of a normal international tax investigation, we have to figure out where the money's come coming from. You have to follow the money trail. And as a part of that process, we have to 
follow different transactions, identify different foreign entities that might be paying a person, and then we go and get those records. Right. Uh, and hopefully you can provide that to the to the committee. So yeah, yeah. Any any records regarding those transactions, we can. We love evidence on this side of the we of can. The aisle. We love evidence on this side of the aisle. Did you hear just some of those stunning numbers? Burisma, $7.3 million. So there alone was close to $20 million. That was just a few of the things. And Comer says there's a lot more numbers coming. It was incredible. And again, these whistleblowers sounded so credible and so believable that all the Democrats could do was say, uh, let's talk about Donald Trump. And people are like, oh, wait a minute. This is not about Donald Trump. This is about Hunter Biden. And these guys are here because they were the agents directly involved in the Hunter Biden probe. Listen to this weird tangent where Congressman Democrat and Fume of Maryland starts invoking Star Trek in the hearing. I thought I heard it all. And we could be, quite frankly, using our time to better talk about crime in America that's affecting everybody attacks on women's health, the economy, budgetary issues, public education, housing, the need for senior citizens to be able to pay for prescription drugs, child poverty, and mental health, to name a few. And yet we are doing this all over again for the Hunter Biden show to someone who has pleaded guilty and has taken responsibility for not filing taxes for two years. This is ludicrous. Beam me up, Scotty. There's no intelligent life down here. None. Well, it was a colorful line, uh, but to me, it showed that he was so clueless and did not want to focus. Are you kidding me? You have got to be kidding me. Think about all the things that they are going after President Trump for right now. And the fact that they are now looking at more charges coming from the special counsel. And yet they just recited just a few hours ago, nearly $20 million, and they believe it's just the tip of the iceberg. They believe at the end of the day, there may be as much as $100 million. We are talking enormous money, and we're talking about changing policy, pay-for-play, Biden suddenly being on an airplane to certain places where his son was doing business, certain policy changes or individuals getting removed or investigations changed. Those are the allegations. And you're kidding me that that's not worthy of the Democrats saying, maybe we should take a look at this. All they could do was talk about Trump, Trump, Trump. It was pathetic. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. By the way, everybody, too, we are going to be getting great perspective from Wall Street Journal reporter. She's also a member of the board there, Kim Strassel. Uh, she has a brand new book out, by the way, about Biden and also says... Uh, she compares him to Carter in the book, and she says that actually Biden's a lot worse than Carter, uh, which is not saying very much, obviously, in terms of presidencies. But she says there is a big difference between the two guys, and we're going to talk about that and also get her takeaways on this really powerful hearing today. That's coming up in about 20, 25 minutes from now. You do not want to miss it. The great investigative journalist Kim Strassel from The Wall Street Journal is going to be joining us on that and you definitely want to stay tuned. So what are your thoughts? Did you see the hearing? And what were your reactions when y'all watched it? 
1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mike in beautiful South Carolina. Uh, Mike, you know, I was watching the hearing. I found them to be really credible. I thought they were some of the best witnesses I have seen in a long time. And I've watched many a congressional hearing. Your thoughts, Mike? Uh, I, I agree with what you said, Rita. <clears throat> I watch it on Fox a great deal of it. Very credible. And isn't it ironic? You know, I'm watching uh, while I'm on deck, Cool Hand Luke. You know, the Democrats, what you have here is failure to communicate, you donkeys. And you know what? Uh, Romania, the IRS, you know, following the money, the Biden clan, Ukraine, the money trail. And it is just, you know, where are you going to hide now, guys, that you know what's going to hit the fan? Yeah, and by the by the way, I, I agree. I think they are very close to hitting the fan, Mike, um, because next week, Comer is vowing that he has more bank records coming forward with other countries and other issues. And all of that is certainly triggering a whole bunch. And to me, it just showed that they're worried because the Democrats went back to that old playbook. I found it, first of all, I also found it, Mike, incredibly disrespectful also to the, you know, here are the witnesses coming forward and they're like, uh, what's going on here? You know what I mean? They're here to talk about what they knew, what they firsthand experienced. It wasn't hearsay. It was knowledgeable experience from years upon years. And then they started talking about Trump and then you hear in Fume talking about Star Trek Uh, Boy, I felt like I was in outer space. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222, talking about what I thought were superb witnesses and some pretty pathetic attempts by the Democrats to poke holes in them after the break. The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And we are rocking out on the Rita Cosby Show. Well, you have to live under a rock if you don't think there's something fishy with all the Hunter Biden money. One of the things they brought up today was the fact that his grandkids, that Joe Biden's grandkids somehow ended up getting money. I think that's a little odd. Uh, what were the grandkids getting money for? You know, uh, and why were they getting them from, quote, foreign nationals and foreign companies, especially ones that we are odds with, countries that we're having issues with and countries that somehow got some favorable treatment? I mean, there is some really serious stuff here. That absolutely needs to be explored. What are your thoughts, guys? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Vito. Line 8. Vito, your thoughts. Rita, how are you? Um, uh, I'm I'm retired law enforcement. And when you get hired, when you you take on the job, you take an oath to uphold the Constitution of the United States of America. And depending on the state, also the state constitution where you live, where you're working. Merrick Garland is a communist. He doesn't care about the Constitution. 
right? With all that he's done, um, he knows. He knows. I understand. You know, you gotta you gotta help out somehow. I, I get that part. But but when the criminal activity that we're hearing coming out of the mouth of Congress, uh, the level that anyone else, if it was me, you, the call screener, you know, anyone else that did even a fingernail uh, size criminal activity that they did, you'd be in jail for a long time. We'd be in jail for a long time. All right? No doubt. By the way, no doubt. And that that was the whole point. It is totally special treatment didn't you think and i thought it was exemplified today yeah but but again my thing is Congress has all of this proof all right and it is proof it is evidence that criminal activity has taken place here all right crimes have been committed you you you, you uh, what an eight-year-old child uh got, got money from china or from romania or from uh korea or whoever else I mean, like, what expertise do they have? Yeah, exactly. And and by the way, Vito, that was the thing that really hit it on the head, um, was that, you know, they're like, oh, the grandkids were getting it suddenly from some rogue somebody's wife who's, you know, from Russia or China. I mean, give me a break. I agree with you. I mean, you got to have like a 1% IQ if you can't figure that out, that there's something really troubling there. I mean, I, I'm with you. And, and as somebody in law enforcement, uh, you know that this just does not smell right. And the fact that they didn't want it to be investigated says so much, too. Uh, Vito, thank you. And thank you also for your great uh, work in law enforcement, too. That means so much. Uh, let's go to Judith. Line four. Judith, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Listen, there is no such thing as the IRS, the DOJ, and the United States Attorney's blowing a criminal statute of limitations, okay, case like this one or anyone. It's impossible, Rita. They have something that's called the tickler system, like tick, 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 your time is up. And every department, there's a lot of departments in the IRS. It starts with the agents. It goes all the way up to chief counsels with attorneys or whatever. Things like this go to the DOJ. They go to the United States attorney. And I'm going to tell you right now, before any case starts to, let's say, expire, you know, limitations, they don't allow it. This tick system that they all have, they start to say, well, what's going on with this case? We can't allow it to go, you know, to, to run out, okay? In this case, something happened, and I believe these two whistleblowers, they probably were targeted to be the, the four guys, and it's very possible that right up there with Merrick Garland and David Weiss and maybe Leslie Wolf. Some there over there, they're the ones that are guilty of this, okay? And they did this deliberately. By the way, you brought up some of those names because Leslie Wolf, there are reports, according to these guys, that they signed off on felonies and a whole bunch of stuff and then suddenly let it slide. Uh, You're right. I think there's a lot of people maybe in this web. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents... 
Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we honor our great men and women in blue. A really powerful story coming from Manchester, Connecticut, where a 58-year-old man is now facing multiple charges after he advanced toward a female police officer with a knife. The 58-year-old man, Joseph Dioretto, was charged on Tuesday with attempted first-degree assault, assault on public safety personnel, and second-degree threatening. Uh, he threw, you can see it on body-worn camera, it shows Diaretto trying to grab Manchester police officer Kaylee Quillette's hand while telling her to get out of the apartment. An unknown woman was in the apartment, and she can be seen standing near Diaretto and can be heard yelling, oh, my God, when Diaretto deploys her taser in an attempt to get the man under control. Seconds earlier, Quillette warned that she would use her taser if he didn't stop. And the footage shows that. Diaretto can be heard yelling, shoot me, shoot me, according to the video. Wow. Well, the taser failed to stop him, and the officer backed out of the apartment with Diaretto following with a knife in his hand. So, she shout, she shouted, put it down, put it down. I'm going to shoot you. Put the knife down. Diaretto ignored her comments, according to the video, calling the officer names and charged toward her while yelling, hit me, hit me, hit me several times. Quiet, the officer fired three shots, yelling shots fired into her radio. She did that as he continued running towards her. The video shows she then fired several more shots, finally striking him in the upper left After Diaretto finally fell to the ground, the officer was able to get the knife and to handcuff him. The shooting is under investigation, but it shows just how dangerous every day is for our men and women in blue and just how dramatic things can turn at an instant. And thank goodness the officer is okay. And again, at this time, the man has been charged with multiple variety of charges a 59-year-old, and it's all there on video. Wow, what a powerful, powerful instance. And it just shows how tough every single day is, basically, for our men and women in blue. Well, it was a blockbuster hearing on Capitol Hill today with the whistleblowers testifying. And joining us now is Kim Strassel. She is a member of the editorial board and a great writer for the Wall Street Journal. She also has an awesome new book out this week. It is called The Biden Malaise, How America Bounces Back from Joe Biden's Dismal Repeat of the Jimmy Carter Years. And boy, is it an awesome and timely book. Kim, uh, first, your reaction to the whistleblowers today, I found them really credible. Well, yeah, and it was so important to get to see them there today, Rita, because we got a couple of important things today. We obviously now know the identity of the second whistleblower. Importantly, he told the nation that he is a Democrat, and he certainly did not come across as someone, therefore, who has a axe to grind against the Democratic administration. But, you know, this was also for many Americans the first time they had seen these people talk and heard their story, because unless you're, you know, someone like me who goes and reads 300 pages of transcripts, um, you know, you might have heard it secondhand. And they came across really detailed. They came across as two people who had the same story. They corroborated each other, even in those tiny details. And they told a very damning story about 
a DOJ that seemed to block all of their avenues of investigation and who did not treat this case like they would any other case. You know, what was interesting, Kim Strasso, too, is that some of the big money that James Comer was asking the whistleblowers about that was never allowed to be explored, but was interesting because he said, okay, X amount of money. And wait a minute, some went to the grandkids of Joe Biden. And then whenever it came up to the big guy or Joe Biden, it was, no, you can't even go there. Yeah. And one of the things that that both of these whistleblowers really pointed out was that the number of red flags that were thrown as you looked at Hunter Biden's kind of top line tax returns. Right. Um, and how they just smelled a way of being fishy, um, not just all the deductions it wouldn't take, but, you know, shell organizations, the various names of different outfits. You know, most companies, they just operate in a straightforward way. They don't need, you know, 12 or 15 different shell companies. And that's why they were particularly frustrated that they they couldn't go and investigate not just what money was going into these places, but where it was going to in the end. The other question, of course, is they were saying, listen, we were set to do felony charges. And they named a whole bunch of different groups that basically signed off on felony charges against Hunter Biden. Walk us through what you heard there, because that was really powerful. Well, that to me is still the central issue of the moment, which is this. Um, you know, put aside the question of whether or not they were blocked from following leads that might have taken them to the White House or other Bidens. The question of the handling of Hunter's case itself is so problematic, and it rests on that point, which is that they claim that all of the prosecutors involved in this, the top people, the people who make the decisions about where you go in the end with the evidence, they claim that they signed off on felony charges against Hunter and that fundamentally they're claiming that the only reason that that did not proceed, uh, at least according to U.S. Uh, prosecutor David Weiss, what he told them in a meeting was that there was uh, other attorneys appointed by Joe Biden who would not allow him to file felony charges in their district. And if that is the case, if that is real, then we already know that Merrick Garland was not telling the truth when he said politics did not play a role in this. Obviously, it played a role in this. Well, and that's why I think it's so damning, because I think clearly it looks like somebody's lying and we need to get to the truth. Where do you see this going next from an investigation standpoint? Well, credit to these whistleblowers. And I would point out that this has not been a fun ride for them. You know, people who are Democrats who are attacking them um, and the press that is throwing skepticism on them. You know, they don't want to be in this place. That's why one of them wanted to remain anonymous for so long. And he finally was brave enough and he came out. Um, But, you know, goodness, thanks for them. Uh, There's been enough pressure now, enough questions raised that it does appear that Prosecutor Weiss is going to at least come and speak uh, in a private interview with House Republicans uh, to try to clarify some of these big questions, because right now there are two very opposite stories being told and they can't both be true. We don't know when that's going to happen, right? Because, of course, the plea hearing is going to be next week. When is Weiss coming in? Yeah, well, and that's one of the problems. As you may well know, House Republicans did make a request of the Department of Justice. They enter into the record in that court case the information that has come from the whistleblowers. I wouldn't hold your breath that the Department of Justice is going to do that. We will have to wait and see what the judge says in this case, if they are going to 
sign off on this deal, given all of the information out there. Um, but I, I am concerned that that interview will not take place until after the Hunter uh, plea deal is done and dusted. Yeah, I think so, too. Conveniently, he's not available until uh, after that. Um, everybody, we are talking here on the Rita Cosby Show to the great Kim Strassel. Of course, you know her from the Wall Street Journal. She also is an amazing author and has written, Kim, this great book. It is called The Biden Malaise, How America Bounces Back from Joe Biden's Dismal Repeat of the Jimmy Carter Years. Um, now, these guys were separated by, what, nearly 50 years. Uh, but you say there are some similarities, and actually Biden's even worse. The really fun part of the book, which is that it goes through the top line uh, comparisons between these two, which are really quite eerily similar. You know, roaring inflation, uh, high energy prices, foreign policy debacles, uh, border disorder. Uh, by the way, Jimmy Carter had a border problem himself, kind of fascinating, uh, high crime, etc. But then it makes the case that that comparison, in fact, isn't really fair to Jimmy Carter. <laughs> because if you look at Jimmy Carter, he inherited a lot of his problems, okay? And also, you know, he, he was someone that, that kind of was trying to do the right thing. He didn't manage to do that. He made it worse. But that's very different from what Joe Biden had. Joe Biden inherited a a fabulous situation, low inflation, low energy prices. We had just become a net exporter of oil because of our fracking revolution here. Um, You know, on and on, the economy was in good shape. It was about to roar back after COVID. And he deliberately imposed these policies despite warnings from everyone who understood exactly what was going to happen, put all that spending out there, dumped all that regulation on companies, uh, went after his climate agenda. And that's why you see the inflation and the green energy and the the energy problems and and the foreign policy mistakes as well, too. I was just about to say, um, can you compare the two of them on foreign policy? Because, boy, I can think of a lot, especially on the Biden front. and, And there's a lot on Carter, too. Yeah. So, you know, I would say the one way that they're compared is uh, both of them kind of multilateralist, both of them, you know, caring too much about sanctions, sort of moralizing on the rest of the world. But what they didn't do and haven't done effectively is lead. Right. I mean, Biden in particular is a repeat of the Obama years. Um, You know, he likes to take credit supposedly for rallying everyone on Ukraine. But at the same time, it's actually been the Europeans who've led in terms of getting weaponry to Ukraine. Um, we, we keep being slow and slow. and We have to be nudged into it. And then, of course, he's been absolutely terrible when it comes to leadership on issues like China or Iran. Yeah. And also uh, the whole minor incursion, you know, the, the beginning of everything with Russia, too. You can make the case he gave him a green light and think about Afghanistan withdrawal. I mean, there's a lot of stuff there, Kim. Yeah, no, there there is a lot of stuff there. Um, and I, I think it's really embarrassing. We're going to have a lot of uh, ground to make up. You know, I truly fundamentally believe that we have entered a new world disorder. And I lay a bunch of it at the feet of Biden um, for that Afghanistan withdrawal, which, by the way, you can draw a straight line for when that happened to when Putin began amassing his own troops along Ukraine. He clearly viewed that as a green light to take the action he subsequently did. Yeah, and I think so many people who wish to do us harm and the world harm are were looking at that moment. Everybody, we're talking to award-winning and best-selling journalist Kim Strassel, her awesome new book called The Biden Malaise. 
And before I let you go, Kim, your thoughts about how Biden will be viewed, especially with now all these scandals, too. I mean, you are someone who has studied presidents and your book is, of course, comparing Biden and Carter. Uh, But look at this moment, especially today with the IRS whistleblowers and these very serious allegations of big money tied to the sun with money going to all these different family members. How do you see the next few weeks playing out from a presidential perspective on Biden? I mean, this is even much more serious than than Carter years. Well, that is another point that the book makes about why this is unfair to Carter. Because, I mean, whatever you think of Jimmy Carter, whatever the mistakes he made, no one would ever disagree that Jimmy Carter was a moral man. Okay, he he was very religious. Uh, He wanted to do what was right. He might have been misguided and incompetent. Um, You know, he had some trouble with his brother. But, you know, this was not a person you would ever believe was going to be engaging in some financial corruption out of the White House. Okay, he ran on against Watergate. Um, Joe Biden, I mean, that is just it's a huge. I mean, we have a man and I think this is partly a function of the fact that he has spent, uh, you know, his entire life since the age of 29 in establishment Washington. Um, and for most of that time or uh, many years of that time, members of his family have been using the Biden name to get ahead to the point that I think that it maybe it would have maybe became normalized. And we're beginning to get the covers pulled back on that a little bit. Um, you know, my view is whether this leads all the way up to Joe or not, uh, simply what we are finding out about Hunter's behavior and James' behavior, I think does say something about the president for the fact that he never put his foot down, right? I mean, presidents have to under, they understand from long history that their family reflects on them. Um, and not only did he never seem to do anything about it, but he actually aided Hunter, like all those Air Force Two rides, etc. Um, I find it very hard to believe he didn't know a great deal about his son's business, and, and we will see where this leads. Yeah, boy, is it fascinating for uh, people who love politics like you and I do, Kim, big time. Um, Your book is so timely. It is so important, everybody. It's called The Biden Malaise and by the great Kim Strassel. Kim, thank you. Congrats on your book, and I'm so proud of you. Thanks, Rita. Thanks so much, and I hope to talk to you soon. You definitely will, Kim. Wow. Uh, Thank you for joining us, Kim. Really powerful stuff. Uh, and what a comparison, too. Obviously, uh, Carter was no rock star, uh, but boy, a big contrast in terms of the mistakes and all the big money flowing in right now to the Biden family. And that was the huge focus of the IRS whistleblower hearing today. What are your thoughts, everybody, in terms of of where the investigation goes. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jim real quick. Line three. Jim, your thoughts. Hello? Hey, Jim, go ahead. What did you think of the hearing today? I think the Democrats are a joke. All they did was talk about race and Trump and had no... Uh, nothing to say. It was ridiculous. And I think, I'm sorry, I know Jamie Raskin has cancer, but wearing the American flag as a do-rag on your head in the halls of Congress is disgraceful. Well, you know what I found, by the way, you know what I found was disgraceful of of Jamie Raskin? And and yeah, you're right, he has cancer. So it is a a sad situation, obviously. You wish everybody the best. Um, But I will tell you, what I found really disgraceful with him was like, well, um, You know, uh, he had the opening salvo for the Dems. 
um, you know, not always. It's you guys are basically just investigators. So often you really don't have your say like you're just minions. And he's like, uh, actually, that's not really the case. Uh, we've been here for X years. And then you heard the credentials of them. Like he just looked like such a fool making excuse after excuse after excuse, even after all the big money was laid out. Um, and to me, he just sort of started that trend and it all went downhill from there, I think, for the Democrats. Uh, Jim, thanks so much. We're going to continue your calls, everybody. I agree with Jim. It was disgraceful. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Talk Radio 77. WABC. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And in the next hour here on the Rita Cosby Show... We're going to be talking more about this stunning testimony from the IRS whistleblowers. Also, uh, some new details coming out about what President Trump received in that target letter that he got uh, saying he's a target of investigation by Jack Smith. Jack Smith, the special counsel, of course, who already went after him on classified documents, also going after him, as we know, on January 6th. And again, after all the testimony we heard today, uh, they're going to go after President Trump for, quote, peacefully and patriotically telling people to go to the Capitol on January 6th. Well, we will talk about some of the charges that apparently is in that letter. There's reporting tonight of some of the information in that letter and what charges they're potentially looking at him for and explore that a little bit, too, as well as talk a lot more about this stunning day on Capitol Hill, which I thought was one of the most powerful days of testimony I have seen in a very long time. What are your thoughts? Is it a game changer now that these two guys came full face, Gary Shapley and the one formerly known as Whistleblower X? His name is Joe Ziegler, 13 years as an IRS agent directly handling the Hunter Bryden probe and Gary Shapley was his boss, the supervisor. So they corroborated many details. Also, there's an FBI agent who's apparently a very well-regarded FBI agent also corroborating a lot of their details. So they're not in it alone, but the Democrats can only talk Trump, Trump, Trump or race or beat me up Scotty. As uh, Queasy and Fumi said from Maryland, 1-800-848-9222. That was one for the record books. Wow, wow, wow. Let's go to Jacqueline, line eight. Jacqueline, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. You know, um, first of all, I want to say with regard to these two people, Shapley and Ziegler, I'm, I, it's restored my faith in humanity that these two people were very much like that hero Marine, Daniel Penny, who did not think at all about themselves or their family or their well-being. And I hope that a, a GoFundMe page will be started for both of them because I think they're going to really need it. Um, by the uh, way, by the way, you are right, Jacqueline, because they even said today how they don't have any money. They've had to pay their own dime. That's right. Yeah, that is a great idea. I 1,000% yeah. agree. 
And and also, uh, Mr. Shapley pointed out that he was even retaliated against when he tried to bring this information into the light. So I'm sure there's going to be many, many more attacks on them of all sorts. Um, and also, one of the things, I, I didn't see the hearings, but I heard uh, excerpts of it on Greg Kelly's show earlier. And uh, who was it uh, that kept questioning and kept uh, getting them to say, well, wasn't he, that, wasn't he uh, a President Trump appointee? Um, well, a number of them, by the way, a number of them hit that. I watched a lot of it, Jacqueline, because it was riveting. Um, and uh, a number of them did try to say that David Weiss was a Trump appointee. And he was a carryover, by the way, and Trump did keep him. So there was no, you know, no question he was there. But that doesn't mean what? Like, you know, uh, it doesn't mean that he couldn't have felt influence from the Department of Justice, which is what these guys absolutely claim. He wanted to keep his job and the new regime clearly didn't want him to go there. Your thoughts real quick, Jacqueline. Not only that, just because he was appointed by Trump doesn't mean that he supports Trump. They were carryovers from other administrations. And a lot of those people were recommended to President Trump. They weren't of his own choosing. Exactly. It wasn't like uh, they were next door neighbors and he knew everything about it. And clearly, when you hear the facts, it doesn't matter who appointed him. Something's really rotten. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And later on in this hour, we're going to also talk about some of the charges that may be coming any day now against President Trump. Uh, there's some new details coming out tonight that basically indicate that there are a series of charges that he was informed in that target letter that he got from Jack Smith. Remember on a Sunday night, which was kind of odd, uh, saying you have basically four days if you want to appear before the grand jury. And these are some of the areas that we are looking into. So we're going to talk a little bit about that just to show where they are going. And if indeed it does look like more charges coming against President Trump. And again, as we're talking about this, it's like, how many charges can you bring against somebody? It's like a dart. I feel like it's like a dartboard. It's like, okay, let's throw one more. Let's throw one more. Let's see if another one sticks. Let's keep going. And meanwhile, what we heard today in the IRS whistleblower hearing was just downright damning. The numbers were stunning. The details from these highly credible guys were really powerful. And here is what Newt Gingrich, former Speaker of the House, had to say. He basically said this is historic, what he heard, and he thinks where this is leading is going to be damning for the Biden White House. Now, Hunter Biden did not influence the attorney general. The president did. Hunter Biden has not blocked the investigations. The president did. And I think we need to be clear, this, this is already a bigger and deeper scandal than Watergate And it's going to keep growing. And as the House Republicans keep doing their job, and this is why winning that election was so important and having Speaker McCarthy rather than Speaker Pelosi is so important because we now have the tools and the legal authority to get to the bottom of this. 
bigger than Watergate is what he had to say. And one of the things that I found really credible, and I want to hear your thoughts, because I thought the two whistleblowers held themselves up really well. I thought they were very impressive. I thought they were very clear, very cogent, very powerful in their transitions and in their comments, uh, not kind of getting into any of the politics. And in fact, I thought right from the get-go, it was explosive. One of the most powerful, and I found it really interesting. One of the guys, remember, we know Gary Shapley. He's the supervisor. The other one has always gone by whistleblower X. He never wanted to come forward. And he talked about today why he felt it was important to come forward. He said he has taken so much heat for doing so uh, amongst even fellow Democrats because he is a Democrat. And he's also openly gay. And he talked about that and said that he has taken a lot of heat from people saying he shouldn't be speaking out about this. But he said he had to do what was right. And that's why he said, I could just keep quiet no more. And so whistleblower X is a guy named Joe Ziegler, 13-year IRS agent. And listen to what he said in his opening statement. This was riveting. Today, I, I, I sit here before you not as a hero or or a victim, but as a whistleblower compelled to disclose the truth. That said, in coming forward, I believe I'm risking my career, my reputation, and my casework outside of the investigation we are here to discuss. I ultimately made the decision to come forward after what I believe were multiple attempts at blowing the whistle in the Internal Revenue Service, at the Internal Revenue Service. No one should be above the law, regardless of your political affiliation. I humbly view my role here today as providing the facts as I best understood them and to let Congress and the administration and the public consider those facts and determine the best path forward. I recognize why I was present at the start of this investigation and was closely involved with the investigation for roughly five years. I'm just a part of the story. Others, including my colleague and supervisor Gary Shapley, who is here with me today, have their own views and understandings of what took place during this investigation. So part of the investigation, as you just heard, for five years, I would say the guy is kind of knowledgeable. And if you hear his credentials, he sounded extremely knowledgeable. And he also said, I have no axe to grind. I'm not here because of politics. Here's a little bit more of his opening statement. I've recently discovered that people are saying that I must be more credible because I'm a Democrat who happens to be married to a man. I'm no more credible than this man sitting next to me due to my actual, due to my sexual orientation or my political beliefs. The truth is, my credibility comes today from my job experience with the IRS and my intimate knowledge of the agency's standard and procedures. I was raised and have always strived to do what is right. Although I do have my supporters, others have said that I am a traitor to the Democratic Party and that I am causing more division in our society. I implore you to consider that if you were in my position with the facts as I have stated them, ask yourself if you would be doing the exact same thing. I hope that I am an example to other LGBTQ people out there who are questioning doing the right thing at the potential cost of themselves and others. We should always do the right thing, no matter how painful the process might be. I kind of equate this to the experience and feelings I encountered when coming out. It was honestly one of the hardest things I ever had to go through. I contemplated scenarios that would have been highly regrettable. 
but I did what is right, and I'm standing in, or I'm sitting here in front of you today. And then he recited what he said were clear mishandlings, clear different tactics that had ever happened before. And he said basically everybody signed off on Hunter getting felony charges. And then suddenly they let the statute of limitations expire years and years later. They dragged it on. They tipped off witnesses. They tipped off potential searches of a storage unit. It was really amazing. And what we heard from the Democrats, on the other hand, I want to play cut number 20. Uh, because in cut number 20, this is Jasmine Crockett. Listen to how she replied after all this powerful stuff was revealed and the tens of millions of dollars that they said came in from these rogue countries and rogue businesses like Burisma and China and Russia, some of the money going to the grandkids. That looks a little fishy. I don't think a grandkid suddenly is doing business with Burisma, right? So listen to this. This is the best the Democrats could do, not even really talk about the issues. All they could do was go back to their old playing card, Trump, Trump, Trump. Listen to this one. We should be looking at the fact that in 2017, Trump's first year in office, he also made $6.5 million from China, his tax returns show. The source of the China payments is not clear from the returns. The payments were a surprise since Trump is an outspoken critic of the $5.8 million that Hunter Biden made. The difference is Trump was our president when he made this money from China, whereas I'm sure you would agree with me, Hunter Biden has always been a private citizen. We've got a lot of other stuff. In fact, it's clear that Trump never paid more than $750 in taxes um, for, I want to say, a total of like two years of his taxes, which is absolutely insane. But we also know that it showed that Trump claimed large cash donations to charities, but the report said the IRS did not verify them. The report also said that while Trump's tax filings were large and complicated, the IRS does not appear to have signed experts to work on them. That is shameful. So wait a minute. We're here to talk about Hunter Biden, the current president of the United States. The fact that every time they wanted to even look into Joe Biden, because that is typical that you look into family members, because a lot of family members got money that they were stonewalled. And that at one point, even Joe visited, I think it was the FBI office in Maryland, which is the presiding office for Delaware by the way, for the IRS is sort of the same jurisdiction, but it was the FBI office there just to kind of show the coziness of what was going on. And yet, let's go back and talk about Trump. I mean, these people have no shame. They would not even listen. Here are these people putting their lives on the line, spending all their money. And as Jacqueline so eloquently said, there should be some gun GoFundMe pages for them. They certainly deserve Money and support. My goodness, just like how Daniel Penny got all that money, uh, his attorneys will because he's going to need it for a long road ahead for his legal representation. And these guys put their names out there, their face out there. This guy's coming out and saying, I'm openly gay. I'm a Democrat, but I could not be quiet any longer. And I found them incredibly, incredibly credible. And I think this is stunning. And I think let's see where James Comer goes, 
But I have no doubt after all this, someone is lying here. And James Comer says he's got a whole bunch more bank records coming up. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Alice in Ohio. Alice, your thoughts about all this? Hi, Rita. Uh, first of all, we wouldn't be getting this information had we not won the House. And none of it is really surprising, but it's breathtaking. Is Hunter Biden living in the White House so he can't be served? Also, how far can this go if, since we don't have the, the Senate? The House can start it, but then the Senate tries it. They, they actually have a trial. Um, I'm not that... I'm not that well versed on it that I you know, go into the particulars. But no, but Alice, you bring up some great points. First off, mm-hmm. you are absolutely correct um, because, indeed, it's only been a few months that the Republicans have had any control of Congress, you know, because, of course, the midterms. So they got control of the House, just as you said. So that's the only reason all this stuff is starting to be uncovered. You're you're correct, because believe me, if the Democrats were in power, we wouldn't have heard any of this. Can you imagine tens of millions of dollars going to Hunter and some going to the grandkids and we wouldn't have heard anything. Um, so that's one thing. Just as you said, because they don't have the Senate, uh, there are only certain things that they can do and that won't be enforced. Also, remember, uh, they don't have the White House either. So when you look at like the U.S. Attorney's Office to actually enforce a subpoena or certain things, that's going to be very hard to do. Uh, you know, holding somebody in contempt. They can issue a subpoena, but en- enforcing it is going to be a lot. But the one thing is, if Republicans, first off, they got to hold on to the House to continue this. Um, and also, and that's 2024, which is, you know, next year. In addition to that, the Senate, if they were to get the Senate, uh, then it's game over. Uh, because if they get the Senate, then they are able to indeed, you know, have subpoena power um, were there to be some sort of an impeachment like of Merrick Garland or Mayorkas for the border. My God, I can list a couple of them. Right. Um, and if there were to be, uh, it's the House that, of course, does the impeachment and then it's the Senate that removes. So it's the Senate that doles out the punishment. But even if it were to just be in the House, it would only be an impeach. And then it goes to the Senate. It doesn't go anywhere. But if the Republicans can get the Senate and they're pretty close, um, if they do, uh, then it is really game over. And that's why the Democrats are going to fight this like tooth and nail to try to keep as much power as they can. And that's also why Republicans are going to fight tooth and nail to try to get the power. But you aptly bring it up. And that's why elections, Alice, have such enormous consequences. When I hear people say, you know what? Um, you know, I don't want to like, you know, I don't know if my vote matters. Boy, do votes matter. Think about it. It was in New York. It was mostly New York and a couple seats also in California uh, that turned in Republican hands. That changed everything. It was such a narrow margin. So votes matter and getting out and voting matters. And I encourage, Alice, you tell everybody, you know, to get out and vote, especially for 2024, not just for the White House, uh, but for all the House and Senate seats. Uh, I hope that answers your questions, Alice. Yes, it does. But, you know, also, this is setting a dangerous precedent going after Donald Trump. They're afraid of him because he's he's going to he's going if, if he gets into office and God knows, I hope he does. He's not he's he's not going to let this pass. It seems to me there used to be a gentleman's agreement. They could have, you know, George uh, W. Bush could have gone out after Al Gore. Um uh, 
Hillary Clinton. Yeah, by the, uh, so, by the way, know, Trump could have gone after mm-hmm. Hillary, and he didn't. Right, yep. absolutely. Right, and uh, who was it could have gone out after Clinton? Because Clinton lied under oath. And he could have, he could, they, they could, he could have been prosecuted. This is setting a dangerous precedent. Yeah, because- I agree. And Alice, you know what it's also doing? It's setting a precedent that I think is going to be hard to turn around too. Just like you said, it's sort of the genie's out of the bottle. And think about, I believe the Democrats have really cheapened impeachment. I mean, look what they did. They've impeached Trump twice. It looks like now they're going up on the third charge potentially against him. You got the brag. You got the first federal. The second one looks like it's coming. Uh, they have cheapened prosecution of opponents. And I think it's a really dangerous path. And I don't know how we turn back. Um, you are so spot on. Alice, I love your calls. Thank you. Everybody, we're going to continue after the break. 1-800-848-9222. What did you think of the hearing today? And do you think... As Newt Gingrich says, this is going to turn out to be bigger than Watergate. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And by the way, also uh, just coming in, uh, the very disgusted wife of the accused Gilgo Beach killer, Rex Hurman, has filed for divorce. Uh, my question is, what took her so long? I mean, first off, the guy uh, was, of course, arrested about a week ago. Uh, no evidence that she was involved. And, of course, your heart breaks for her. And he has two kids, a special needs son and a daughter who works with him in his architectural firm. This is the Long Island serial killer case. And now apparently some new photos have surfaced. And a whole bunch of more evidence has also surfaced. And she is now filing for divorce from this guy. Can you imagine just what a frightening, horrible situation as investigators are trying to figure out if he is connected to other murders in Long Island, also looking in South Carolina and Vegas and other places as well? Uh, just what a chilling, chilling, chilling case. And we are talking, of course, also about the Biden bribery scheme allegations, because today it was riveting with the whistleblowers. Let's go to Tony, line four. Tony, your thoughts. Hi, I was so excited. I was listening to the hearings all day, and I, at the end of the day, listened to your interview, you and John, with um, Newt Gingrich, the former uh, Speaker of the House. And when he mentioned Watergate, you know I went crazy. So I was so excited about that. So one of the things I was looking for is for someone to ask a question about the president and China directly. And Russell Fry said, oh, wait, do me, do me, do me a favor. Hey, Tony, just because you're terrific. Yeah. Will you stay on? We got to go to a quick hard break here. Uh, we'll take you back in a few minutes, but stick with us, Tony, and we'll continue. Hold that thought. We'll continue with more after the break. 
The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show. By the way, uh, tomorrow night, we're going to have Doug Gray, who is the lead singer of the great Marshall Tucker Band, and he's an Army veteran. So he talks about his time also in the Army, uh, as well as his great Southern Rock. So you definitely don't want to miss that. He is a very proud American, and I can't wait for him to be joining us tomorrow night here on the show. But tonight we are talking about a story coming from Tryon, North Carolina, where Wesley Bob Bessel, a 102-year-old World War II veteran, was presented with the prestigious Congressional Gold Medal of Honor by Congressman Chuck Edwards, at a special ceremony that took place just a few days ago, just days after he celebrated his milestone birthday. Merchant Marine veteran Wesley Bessel, who served from 1939 to 1945 and goes by Bob, turned 102 years old earlier this month. Wow. One of the organizers of the special presentation, a woman by the name of Wendy Coble, who is a senior historian with the Maritime Administration with the North Carolina Department of Transportation, said it is so important to honor veterans like Bob. She said, quote, there's not many of these great veterans left, and we want to try to honor them while we can. Obviously, they did not get the honor that they should have. So we want to make sure that we do that now as much as we can. So when we found out about a veteran, especially one who's 102 years old like Bob, we want to run as quickly as we can to go see them. And how beautiful that he received this honor and also his family was present. Also, you know how much I love the Merchant Marines. They are the best. And it was an honor for me to be there in Congress when they received the Congressional Gold Medal. And it was presented by Congress. They are so well-deserved. So many unsung heroes in that great group. And I encourage you all to learn about the incredible history of the Merchant Marines in modern times, but especially during World War II. Well, we are talking about what happened on Capitol Hill today. And boy, it was a lot of fireworks. Here is Gary Shapley. He is the IRS whistleblower, and he's the one who is the senior supervisory agent. He went through a litany of like all the different countries where he has done investigations. This is a seasoned senior supervisory agent. And he did not waver in his testimony one iota. He's done a few interviews. So we've seen a little bit of it. And we heard a little bit of what he has testified before, you know, behind closed doors before Congress. But today, there he was, full face, under oath, under penalty of perjury. And here is what he said. Here are some examples of how he says the investigation into Hunter Biden was like nothing he's ever seen. And how there was stonewalling and meddling from DOJ. In this country, we believe in the rule of law, and that applies to everyone. 
There should not be a two-track justice system depending on who you are and who you're connected to. Yet, in this case, there was. Based on my experience, I'm here to tell you that the Delaware U.S. Attorney's Office and Department of Justice handling the Hunter Biden tax investigation was very different from any other case in my 14 years at the IRS. At every stage, decisions were made that benefited the subject of this investigation. For example, prosecutors concealed contents of Hunter Biden's laptop from investigators. DOJ slow walk steps to include interviews, serving document requests, and executing search warrants. Warrants that were ready as early as April of 2020, but were delayed until after the November, November 2020 election and never pursued. Investigators were not allowed to follow up on WhatsApp messages from Hunter Biden's Apple iCloud backup, where he suggested he was sitting next to his father. Assistant United States Attorney Leslie Wolf cited the optics of executing a search warrant at President Biden's residence as a deciding factor for not allowing it, even though she agreed that probable cause existed. Prosecutors instructed investigators not to ask about the big guy or dad when conducting interviews. The Biden transition team was tipped off about interviews the night before the investigation went over, a fact my FBI counterpart confirmed to this committee in a recent testimony, where the result was that only one witness spoke to investigators that day. These are just some of the examples of how our investigation was stymied. Just some of the examples of how it was stymied. Let's go back to Tony on line four. Uh, Tony, your thoughts. Sorry to keep you on hold. Go ahead. That's okay, Rita. I think this is just the beginning. As I told you, um, listening to um, our former speaker uh, on your interview, um, Newt Gingrich, talk about this is worse than Watergate. Uh, apparently, there's so many people that are involved at so many different levels. So it's very concerning. And what was demonstrated today is that clearly at every step of the way, the whistleblowers did not get the information they needed and that this committee is going to be going after getting that information, number one. And number two, if anyone gives those whistleblowers a hard time going forward and for what happened to them already, one of the committee members said that he has taken notes on what he said and he will be speaking to the people that he reports to. Each whistleblower, I think it was um, Mr. Shapley that said that he has his his um, bosses don't speak to him at a couple levels up. Yes. And they were really. Yes. That, it, that was really dangerous for them. It was. Know, yeah, that, he's still there. I, Tony, I am so glad you hit that point because he is still working there. Can you imagine what it's like? Although, you know, he said, listen, we have so many honorable people there. But he was also very clear. Can you imagine being there? His boss um, you know, and then they went to the U.S. attorney who oversees them. Uh, right. Can you imagine what that's like having to say um, he's changed his story? That's not correct. I was there uh, and then having to go to work the next day. I mean, talk about the guts of that guy. Yeah. And so the other thing I wanted to tell you, because I know you have other callers in the show is fantastic. So the other thing that came out is that many of the um, congressmen that that had questions said, we realize that Hunter Biden is just being used by the president, and we really are doing all of this not to get Hunter Biden, but we want to hold this president accountable for what he's doing and selling out our country for benefits for himself. So one of the things that um, I looked for is hearing those kind of questions, tying the president 
to what's going on, because it's really a maze of money. So Russell, uh, Congressman Russell Fry from Myrtle Beach asked a question that kind of reminded me of Watergate. Like in Watergate, they said, what did the president know and when did he know it? That was like the question of the whole investigation that really that really caught him, you know, in the act. So here, Russell Fry said to, I think it was Joe Ziegler, did the president make money from China? And Joe said, yes. And then um, he asked other questions and he talked about the RAAC. You know, you might have that to play it. But that's where he got into hitting more on Joe Biden making money from China, which was, I think, the closest thing to directly connecting the president because everybody else, all the people involved, blocked the investigators from getting that close to the family. Yeah, and you You know know what also, Tony, did you hear the part also, there was another part um, where it was uh, Dan Goldman, um, who is a Democrat, actually kind of, I don't think he meant to do this, um, but he repeated that there was a meeting with one of the Hunter Biden business associates and that Joe, uh, 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 this uh, Biden associate, uh, Rob Walker, describes basically a meeting where uh, Hunter and his father uh, were yeah. appearing. Yeah. And it was like, oh, uh, whoa. And then and, you know, the other thing I found really explosive, too, was when they talked about that 1023, that's that document where. Um, they said that the Burisma, did. yes, the Burisma executive and, and, and the guy stood by it. Right. Uh, Shapley said, yeah, I, he's aware of that document, but he was not able to look at it. Right. Um, that right. was stunning. Like he, they corroborated so, everything and you're sitting there hearing there's a $5 million potential bribe. There's a guy with an, who claims to have had an audio tape, multiple audio tapes with the president and Hunter laying out the deals. And they were told, no, you're not allowed to investigate it. And that was yeah. clearly not normal course. It stinks, don't you think, Tony? Wow. I think so. And I think, you know, the Democrats were trying to make it look like this was all about Hunter Biden. And honestly, you know, I'm glad that a lot of Republican voices said, don't be deceived. This is not about Hunter Biden. This is about how our president sold out our country and sold us out for his gains. And China and all those other people, you know, were just, you know, whoever was available, he would do it. Yeah, 1,000 percent. Tony, thank you so much. You're terrific. Thanks for sticking around. I want to play also because uh, Tony just brought this up. Let's play. uh, This is cut number 11. uh, And this is Newt Gingrich um, because he pointed out exactly what Tony's saying, that this is not a Hunter Biden issue. This is a Joe Biden issue. Take a listen. The effort to get to justice with Hunter Biden was consistently being blocked. The attorney general, I think, has forgotten that the only cabinet officer ever to go to jail in the history of the United States was the attorney general Mitchell in Watergate. uh, And he went to jail for obstruction of justice. And I think you're very close to having an obstruction of justice case being built here. Uh, It's also important to remember, this is not about Hunter Biden. This is about Joe Biden. Hunter Biden was the bag man. Uh, Hunter Biden was not hired ever for his own skills. He was hired for being his father's son and for being uh, the entry point to a network of influence and corruption. And I think uh, as we learn more about the Biden crime family, 
Uh, this is all going to get to be steadily worse. And you have two parallels. You have the corruption of the Biden family, and you have the corruption of the Department of Justice, the IRS, and the FBI. Uh, and it's these two parallels that are really so sobering and so complicated. Yeah, really sobering, really complicated. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Stan, line six. Stan, what did you think today? What a show tonight. I mean, you had everybody on, but nobody on. I mean, not one what, person. What do you mean, me. nobody on? What their Just opinion? a minute. No, Stan, 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 Stan. You Stan. had nobody. You catch Stan. me in the last second. No, you know what, Stan? Hang on one second. If I don't know if you know, but there are other people in the world other than you. Maybe you haven't opened your eyes to see there are people walking by the street, other people calling. But, Stan, I appreciate your thoughts. And you know what? Maybe not everybody agrees with you. Maybe people saw what I saw, which was a whole bunch of stonewalling by the DOJ and some serious questions. What did you see, Stan? Illuminate us. Enlighten us. I watched for four or five hours straight. I was waiting for the bombshell. Now, these two men who came on, I'm glad they were there. And they're professionals. They How nice they're... of you. Wait a minute. Not... Stan... This is your problem. No, you're you know what your right. problem is? You You think that, like... What, they didn't have a right to be there? You probably loved every time they talked about Trump and this nonsense. You probably liked the Star Trek reference. You thought that was probably the most interesting thing. Go ahead, Stan. Rita, I'm glad they were there. I wanted to hear them. I listened to them. And I I wanted to hear what they had and what they said. Basically, Jamie Raskin had it right on. This is a disagreement about how this should have been judged. These guys are not lawyers. They're tax people. Their job, and they did a great job of finding the money. And that's what they're supposed to do. And that's what they did. But as far as the legal aspects of it, and the uh, uh, assistant attorney general there in Delaware, who did the case and so forth, he had a right to make any decision he wanted to. And he did. Okay? You might not like what he did, but that's what he did. Now, secondly... And even more important, this is the bottom line for everything. Quid pro quo. What did they get for the money? What did the Chinese get? Nothing. What did uh, 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 the Russians get? Nothing. What? They got nothing. Can you prove anything that the government's got from this situation? Nothing. They might have given the money. I'm not denying that. Absolutely. But what did they get? That's where the crime is. Nothing, Rita. Nothing. China, what did China get? They got nothing. What did uh, uh, Ukraine, or the guy from the Ukrainian oil, he got nothing. They paid to, these, to the uh, hunter and to, to get some kind of in. But what did they get? Giving the money is one thing. Get, proving that they betrayed the country, like that idiot Tony said, that the president betrayed the country, now, hasn't happened. Where is the evidence that he betrayed? There's nothing. If you can prove it to me, I'm willing to listen. But so far... It's been a joke. All right, so Stan, thank you for letting me speak. How nice you know of you. I love you. you Stan, know I, love you. I know I love you too, which is why I but take come on, your calls. You know, I mean, I'm all right, so all right, so here it is. First off, the U.S. attorney in Delaware has changed his story multiple times, and he changed it after the first whistleblower test of, uh, came forward and basically had information. And you know what? What I think is one of the most powerful pieces of evidence. These guys are not just Joe Blows. The guy, Gary Shapley, is a senior supervisory agent. He oversaw the whole ordeal, the whole case, as did the other guy, was the direct assigned 
agent and he's a Democrat. He came out today and said he's a Democrat. So guess what? They wrote after the meeting, Gary Shapley put an email contemporaneous 607, I think it was PM that night after that meeting that took place and said, Hey, we were in the meeting today. And the U.S. attorney said this didn't happen. This didn't. He was kind of surprised and he didn't have full authority at the end of the day. In other words, he got stonewalled. He got slapped down and they wrote it to his boss and the boss writes back. That's correct. Yeah. You know? So I, uh, this isn't just his words. So. It doesn't surprise me that maybe the U.S. attorney who wants to keep his job is trying to uh, coddle, if you will, Merrick Garland at this point. So that's one. Two, also, you're asking what policies. They fired the prosecutor who was going after Burisma, and no surprise, this is the Ukraine, for example, and no surprise because Hunter Biden's on the Ukraine Burisma board. Isn't that a surprise? He got millions upon millions of dollars. Some of the money went to the grandkids. Uh, I'm sure that they really know a lot about doing business with rogue leaders. And suddenly he wanted that prosecutor who was investigating Burisma gone. And even by Joe Biden's own account, he got rid of that prosecutor. Isn't that interesting? So the investigation stopped. That alone is shameful. And that's one. The other thing is he was clearly allowing in these business deals access to U.S. rights, U.S. gas rights, oil rights. What a surprise, Dan. He's killing our oil and gas business. That is traitorous. If you can prove that he canceled. Look, we know for a fact he has not been friendly to American oil and gas. I mean, he is like kill the industry. And we're seeing in writing that he's trying to coddle China and Russia on oil and gas. There's something that really stinks about this, Stan. And you as an American need to have it looked into just to know the answers. And the president needs to know. Otherwise, there's a huge dark cloud hanging over his head. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt that we're still not there yet, but it looks really bad. And you got to agree with that. And Stan, the one thing we do agree is I was happy to see them there today, but for a different reason. But Stan, thank you. I'm glad you called. 1-800-848-9222. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And by the way, again, tomorrow night, we are going to be talking to the lead singer of the Marshall Tucker Band, the great southern rock band from South Carolina. Uh, They are touring all over the country, and he's an Army veteran from Vietnam. Uh, Has a great story about how much he loves this country and also what it's like to be on tour for many decades. So great. He's going to be joining us tomorrow night. I can't wait to have Doug Gray on the show. By the way, also some new details coming out tonight uh, that in the charges uh, that could be coming to President Trump, these are the new charges, uh, that it is including conspiracy to defraud the U.S. This is tied to January 6th. Also, there are reports that another one is deprivation of rights under the color of law. That's like a civil rights issue. The question is, whose rights did he violate? Um, and tampering with a witness. 
that those are three areas that the special counsel apparently, according to reports, is looking into. These are the new ones that could be coming to President Trump. Remember, he got the target letter from Jack Smith on Sunday night. Uh, but interesting to see that those are the areas that he could be investigated for and that charges could be coming more federal charges tied to January 6th against President Trump in a matter of days or a matter of weeks. But Hunter Biden, he seems to be skating and tiptoeing through the tulips. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Pete. Line five. Pete, your thoughts about all this. Hi, Rita. Thanks for taking my call. Well, on two issues that you're speaking about, first of all, the hearings, um, you know, it was it was great what came out. But the thing is, your mainstream media is not reporting on it. I didn't have access to cable today because I was in my garage. There was some work and you couldn't hear anything on the main street uh, about the hearings or anything. And the second point, going back to, to the uh, just the like the Hunter of, Biden laptop, you know how they try to right. suppress that. Exactly. You couldn't hear anything on ABC, NBC, CBS, anything, all these things. Uh, second of all, I want to speak to you about I'm doubling down on my insanity plea. Not that they're going to accept it, but especially with the wife uh, divorcing him, she's trying to protect the assets and then she can testify against them. Ah, that's, oh, that's it. You're talking about the Gilgo Beach guy. Right. Uh, you know what? I think they're going to try to plead insanity, but he seemed premeditated, calculated. Uh, I did a blockbuster podcast, and we talk about that, too. The Rita Cosby Show. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.